0: another edition of the internet's most dangerous Tottenham Hotspur podcast. It's Wheeler Dealer Radio. I'm your host Greg and we are here to talk about Tottenham's managerial search again. If I was more dedicated to this we would have done a previously on to talk about our conversation about Mauricio Pochettino last time which didn't end so well but I'm not going to do that because I'm not that dedicated. So joining me today we have uh, Ben Daniels from the heart of Atlanta.
1: Ben how's it going? I mean, look, I think it's pretty good. If we were a more professional podcast, we would have already done a whole episode on signing Antonio Conte. And we saved you from having to listen to that. So you're welcome. Yeah,
0: I, I can't wait to see what this podcast sets into motion because clearly we are causing a lot of chaos for Tottenham Hotspur with whenever we record a podcast about a manager. We should just record one about every candidate until there's literally no one left but Roberto Martinez. Uh, joining us also is Brian Ashlock, coming to us from the slopes of South Florida. Brian, how's it going?
2: Good. I mean, I think what we should do, though, is do the Roberto Martinez podcast right now, so that ensures that we won't get him as you Really, You really want to tempt fate like that? I mean, yeah, I like to live dangerously, Greg. I mean, clearly. How can we be a dangerous Tottenham Hotspur podcast and not try to tempt fate in that way?
0: You make an excellent point. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone to leave us a five star review, hopefully not praising Ben like the last one did, and uh, also follow oh, us on Twitter. Yeah, and also follow us on Twitter at WDR Podcast. That's WDR, as in Wheelie Dealer Radio. So yeah, uh, let's real quick, I know this is going to seem like old news to everyone, but we talked a lot about how it looked like Mauricio Pochettino might be coming back to Spurs the last time we did a podcast, and boy, a lot has happened since then. Uh, that is not going to happen. It, it looks like whatever rumors that we were basing that podcast on just did not metastasize into anything else, and PSG either gave him money to shut up or threaten his family, or both, who knows? And after that, it looked like it was going to be a nailed-on certainty that uh, Antonio Conte was coming to Spurs. And then that completely fell apart, and now, apparently, we're going to take what's in the mystery box. And that could be any manager, uh, including Antonio Conte. Uh, We're going to skip past Pochito stuff, because I think we've addressed that. Uh, Let's start with just what we think of Conte and Spurs as being a match. Brian, was this something you were excited about? No.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I listeners, I, I,
0: listeners, that pause was Brian making sure he wasn't muted for his first answer on the podcast.
2: <laughs> Look, you know, I I get in trouble when I am muted. When I'm not muted, it doesn't really matter. Um, no, I I think I got to the point where I was excited about Conte. Um, I think some of the. Criticisms of the hire that it was like abandoning the press release that Levy had released, you know, only a few months ago, where he was like, you know, getting back to Tottenham's DNA and da 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 da. Like, I thought a little some of those criticisms were unfair. Um, but that being said, some of the things that come with Conte, I was not necessarily excited about the the not developing youth players, the um you know the, the the kind of tactical automation that he brings with him you know s- some of that I'm not necessarily excited about but um he wins and we, you know unlike Jose Mourinho we have evidence that his shtick actually currently works with teams that are not just like the best teams in the league but with a team like Inter who are you know, don't have the same salary or budget as some of the other clubs in the league, and just historically haven't won the league in what was it, eighteen or nineteen years? Um, so like twelve, but okay. Okay, twelve. Sorry. it It would have been it would have been an interesting hire, I think, but I'm not super put out by it not coming to fruition.
0: Well, Ben, I mean, I think Brian sort of alluding to this here, but like, Marie, what we were promised mu- with Mourinho, but actually may be working, I mean, is that a fair assessment of what sort of Conte offered to Spurs when he was a potential
1: candidate? Sure. I mean, but the thing with Conte that we, you know, have seen play out, so I don't want to spend too much time belaboring it, is in order to do that, he demands a lot of, a lot of money to spend on transfers that... He is used to having that we don't have. And it's kind of a thing that we should have seen coming because every, every fan that I know was like, this is what Antonio Conte's deal is. Um, It's wild that we're going to hire a manager who's going to require that kind of upfront investment to like get his team uh, to happen. And lo and behold, that was a big sticking point and it all fell apart. So yeah, it would have been great. I think he would have been a really good manager to maximize the talent we have and, you know, probably not do a terrible job. I mean, yes, there's a risk that he's like, blowed our squad with a bunch of like Alexis Sanchez's and Ashley Young's, but I mean, I think mostly we were just never going to give him the kind of cash outlay he needed, so the fact that we entertained it for as long as we did is stupid. The other thing that's stupid is the other two reasons apparently that we didn't hire him is, one, because of his reluctance to play youth players like Oliver Skip and the refusal to give him the number of staff he wanted because we were insistent on making sure Ledley King and Ryan Mason were part of his staff, and if playing a championship midfielder and a championship midfielder coach uh, was like a, a breaking a real breaking point beyond you know the if we could if done the finances, but like this was our sticking point, then Daniel Levy is even worse than his job. I but am I
0: deeply thought. skeptical. that certainly Marino had Mourinho had like seven coaches. Mourinho had like seven coaches. I am deeply skeptical.
1: And one of them was Ledley King. Yeah,
0: but well, he was – but Mourinho had his coaches and also Ledley King. I mean, it was – I'm deeply skeptical that is the reason why. I think the thing about Conte is –
1: <laughs> No, but I think the thing about Conte – Let's Even if we gave him 100 staff members and said one of them had to be Ryan Mason, Daniel Levy should have been, like, tied up in a bag and beaten with, like, birch rods. But, so,
0: the thing about Conte is, I think, you know, I think all Spurs, everyone with common sense knew, like, what are the issues with Antonio Conte managing Spurs? And, you know, I think everyone would have guessed that there was issues very early on. Like, he needs a huge transfer budget. He is you know, he's going to want a huge squad turnover. Like, it's at a point where I think it would be very likely he throw the baby out with the bathwater in terms of a guy like Oliver Skip. You know, it's, I think all these were issues. You know, he's going to want a ton of money, both for himself and uh, for, you know, transfers. I think these were all issues we sort of foresaw up front. If you like, I, certainly when he was first linked with us, my first thought was, huh, well, how are we going to get past that? And when it was being reported that this was deal was as good as done, my assumption was, like, they must have worked through these issues because if they're the first things I'm thinking about, like, surely Daniel Levy or Hitchin or whoever is bringing this stuff up in their first meeting. So, uh, what uh, we, can get to, uh, we can transition to process right now because it looks like Conte's not coming, so I don't think we need to talk about what a Conte managed Spurs would look like, but,
2: you know... Well, can we I, just... Before we do that, can we just say that, again, Ryan Mason ruined something that could have been good? Sure. There.
1: Well, maybe, but. but I I, think we should lay this at Ryan Mason's feet. Yeah, honestly.
0: What I'm saying is, if these were the issues, if the issues that truly blew it up were he wanted tons of money to turn over the squad, I don't understand how it got to the point where, like, maybe the press got carried away, but considering the guy's, like, Matt Law were running with this. Like, it was... Like, I think last Friday night... I am we're recording this just for... Because everything's changing. We're recording this Tuesday night now. But I think last Friday night it was being reported as good as done. and By lots of people. Some of which don't usually cover Spurs. It was... You know, I don't understand how they came up that... If those were the things that blew it up. Like, how did these things not come up in your first meeting? Because I don't think I blame Spurs. Like, you know, people... I think Brian said it earlier. Like, it's not... that. Conte wasn't a hire in line with Daniel Levy's vision. But if, like, if you could get Conte and get him to agree to, like, sort of work in a way that made sense for the club,
2: you know, like, I don't...
0: I think he's a good enough manager that, like, it's worth the risk. I certainly don't mind him, like, kicking the tires on Conte. But I don't understand how you're not like, hey, Antonio, are you interested in coming to Spurs? Like, well, Daniel, are you interested in giving me $100 million in transfer spend? And also, you've got to keep Harry Kane? You know, I don't think it's unreasonable for us to, A, take that meeting, and B, just say to him, well, you know, Antonio, I this is going to work. Thanks for your time. We'll, you know, have a good one. We'll talk to you later. I don't think that would have been bad at all, but this went so far down the road. Like, it, it makes us look like fools. I don't know how it's going to affect our ability to hire another manager. You know, is a guy like Ten Hogg, who's in a fairly stable situation, just going to be like, I don't want to get involved in that mess? You know, it just strikes me as insane, unless somebody Daniel Levy or Conte was just trying to like get everything agreed to and then try to jam them up on transfer fund promises. It doesn't make any sense how it got so far down the line, unless the press just universally started exaggerating things. Which strikes me as odd, absent you know like Tottenham or Conte's agents were briefing people. I, I don't understand how the extremely obvious concerns with Conte at Spurs didn't blow this up like very early on. <laughs>
1: Well, I think my 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 thesis here, and and tell me what you think is we're a badly run football. We're club. not this badly uh-huh. run, like, and uh, you know we could stress test this hypothesis, but I'm pretty sure that uh, you know uh, 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 the scientific method will prove we just
0: that went I'm through corrected. this disastrous season and we finished seventh. Like, I mean, we're not like that. We're not so badly run that we don't ask obvious questions about manager. I, I cannot
2: imagine. And
1: yet, <laughs> I mean, look, Ryan, you go ahead. You well, took a really deep breath there.
2: <laughs> no, I'm just gonna. I, I was just actually gonna agree with you because, like, while I am generally speaking a, a a Daniel Levy apologist, like, and I think on this show last week I said something to the effect of, yeah, well, it's been 43 days, but obviously we're doing stuff, um, and so now a week later at at the 50 day mark. I am like, what are we doing though? Like, going back to where we should have been two weeks ago. Apparently, yeah, it's just very. It, it's so so. <laughs> I, I'm like Ben. Uh, you know, it just appears to be just like very comical. Like like we started with Ten Hog, but then like. The interview didn't go well, and then, so, are we back to Ten Hag? And then, like, oh, we were thinking about Conte, and then Pochettino said, like, hey, well, what if I could come home? And then we tried that, and then PSG were like, no, fuck off. And, and, like, I I just don't... Well, the Pochettino pursuit looks more like what I deem acceptable. Like,
0: okay, like, we're getting some signals, we're investigating it, it doesn't go anywhere. Like, a lot of people working themselves up came from, like, they read ITK or whatever, like, that's, like, if that had been what the Conte process had been, like, like some loose rumors about Conte circulated for, like, two or three days, but nothing really came of them. like, I think that would have been acceptable. But instead, it was reported as, like, a done deal.
2: But the thing is, we're now, like, what, the season ended three weeks ago? And so, like, these guys that either either are on our list or were going to be available, we have known that they were going to be available for some time. And I I, I will grant you that Pochettino was probably a surprise that he was interested in in making a move but everybody knew Conte was leaving Inter um we we clearly knew that we were interested
1: I don't think that was as clearly established until like that happened pretty yeah, much I'm, all the I'm
2: I'm fine throwing Conte in the like
0: oh look what's available bucket it's just I mean
2: once they won the league like a few weeks uh, before the season ended it seemed and the the way that the both the team and Conte were talking about the offseason. It seemed like the writing was on the wall, that he was not going to continue. Um, but, but yes, yeah, so they announced, you know, after the, the last game of the season that he was officially um, not being retained. So, like, even then. But, like, Ten Hag, Potter, um, you know, whoever else. Like, I, I don't understand why we're back to that in our quote-unquote process. I mean... if. These were the guys that were available the whole
1: time. Let me, like, to give you guys, like, a a timeline, per Al Gold, went on a a lovely YouTube rant uh, a few days ago, which if you haven't watched, I urge you to watch it because it's very funny to see what a mess we are. But his structuring of the timeline is basically Daniel Levy tapped Steve Hitchin to create a short list of Pochettino-like substances that we could hire. And top of that list was, well, if we're going to hire somebody like Pochettino, Let's see about Pochettino. And then everybody else on that list was guys like Potter and Ten Hag and Nagelsmann and, you know, everybody else who kicked the tires on or, or had rumors about in the last few months. Um, and apparently Daniel Levy wasn't thrilled with any of them after Nagelsmann went to Bayern. Um, and so when Pochettino was possibly available, since he was the top of our list anyway, we went hard for him and that didn't work out. And, then Levy was confronted with the fact that his list of Pochettino-like managers didn't work out, so Conte became available. So he said, well, this is nothing like the list I asked Hitchin to draw up, and this is nothing like I, you know, said about getting the club back to its DNA, but he's a really good manager. Let's feel it out. And, like, yes, I agree. You'd be a negligent chairman to not kick the tires on a guy like Conte, who I keep wanting to complain in my brain with Ingolo Conte, and I, I'm sorry about that. If I call him in Gola Conte, that's I apologize. racist. I don't know. They have that's similar racist? last names. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so then part of the Conte deal was bringing in Paratici from Juventus to be director of football, and that felt like a let's help maybe,
0: maybe deal. like we don't. <laughs> that's the thing. We, we don't, don't know that that it's might like be racism that we just assumed the two Italians were coming together, but.
1: I mean, look, you don't get linked with two Italians at once, out of the blue, and it not be related. And they'd have a previous working relationship together for, like, four years at Juventus. And it it seemed as if this was leverage one way or the other. Um, and then Conte fell apart, but we're still maybe getting Paratici. And according to Gold, then we're asking Gold... Or, I'm sorry. Then we're asking Paratici to now draw up a new list of managers for us. Um, and... As of today, that new list of managers looks like the old list of managers plus Gasparini, who is Italian, and we're going to be, I guess, Italian racist and assume that that's all, all linked. But from a process standpoint, it's like we had this idea of we want an upcoming young manager like Pochettino if we can't get Pochettino, and then we deviated wildly from that plan, wasted a week of of the off season pursuing... A, a target who was never going to work out, and now are back to the beginning plan that we had all along. Except we have this random Italian guy somehow consulting on the process, and somehow that's going to make hiring Ten Hog a better decision than it would have been a month ago when we supposedly had a Zoom interview with him. Like none of so these are the steps, and none of it really makes sense. But there's here's the
0: thing: I actually have a lot of sympathy for like the situations we're confronted with. I get it if you look at, like, Ten Hag Potter and, I don't know, Hassenhuttle or whatever and you're just sort of like, eh, don't love it. Especially if, like, Ten Hag's going to come with a price tag which might be the reason we didn't hire him immediately or or a little cooler on him is it's going to just cost a little bit more to get him out of Ajax you know, than just hiring him. I get not loving those choices. I don't think there is, like, a Pochettino-like choice. And I mean, like, Pochettino circa 2014. I I, I don't think there's, like... A sort of no brain choice for that type of manager I get going after a Pochettino I get going after a Conte but like the way we've gone about all of this is just you know it's a clown show it's if you're gonna pursue content again I, I'll just I just want to reiterate the extremely obvious issues that blew this up like hey you it, like a, a child could have foreseen it so you keep those conversations very quiet early on so when it doesn't work out like it probably won't you know 10 hogs not going to feel like sloppy seconds or whatever if we have to go hire him it's, it's just it's been we're confronted with a bunch of situations that I feel sympathy for like there are not great choices here I don't think there's an obvious choice for our next manager now I was also cool on Pochettino when we hired him so maybe I'm overlooking something about the people that are up for it But it's just, it's, we just have gone about handling this in all the wrong ways. Well,
2: and I think the other thing that you hit on, Greg, is, is, you know, we're not just relying on ITK rumors about some of this stuff. Like, it's been very clear throughout this process that people within the club and the club itself are briefing, you know, actual reporters, people at reputable news sources, people at The Athletic, people, you know, people like Gold, people like Jack Pitbrook, people, you know these guys are getting briefings from someone about where these negotiations are. And and it happened with Ten Hag initially, it happened clearly with Conte, it happened clearly with Pochettino, and so if the club had been hush-hush about everything and all we had were ITK rumors
0: or even just like cursory press reports,
2: yeah you know, the club continues to, you know, take all efforts to find a, its next manager. You know, or know, even
0: know, if, it, it could have been reported we were talking to Conte,
2: but just not like the full court press that we saw in the in the media. But, and so and so I think that is the part that I find the most like uh, disorganized or the most like uh, Benny Hill type. Like like we're telling people, hey, here's the stuff we're doing. And then it blows up in our face and doesn't work. And it's like, why did we tell people that this is what we were doing then? Uh, and like you said, the, the, the risk of having it blow up with, you know, with a manager that you are actually going to take down the road, whether that's Ten Hag, whether that is Potter, who may be taking the Everton job now, or whoever whoever the guys on your list are, you know, and having them be like, yeah, but didn't you want Pochettino and Conte and this guy before, so, like, I'm your fifth choice, like, well,
0: look at, look at the list of guys we're talking about. If you're a guy like Potter, like it doesn't matter. Potter, if we tell Potter he needs to eat broken glass to get this job, he should do it. I mean, that's such a huge jump out of Brighton that, you know, I mean, he just gets to skip Everton altogether. You know. I mean,
2: he'd get to spend more money
0: at Everton. Yeah, well, maybe. Um, but my point is, like, Potter's the kind of guy where I don't really worry about if we hurt his feelings a little bit. Because I think if we offer him the job, he'll he'll take it. It worries me more of a guy like Ten Hag, who... Is like that guy doesn't need this. Like he's at IAX. That's a, that's a pretty plum position, and he can probably parlay that. Ben, ben was about to slander Ajax again. Well, my don't point maybe, is don't make me talk shit
1: about Ajax, Greg. You get he I got can, a lot he, of hate mail for that. One. He is in a
0: position where he could sit sit at IAX for another year and like parlay that into a halfway decent job. He if he he's a he's the kind of coach who could just look at the mess. They were going. They'd be like, I don't need any of that. Like, you know, like there's going to be a headache around transfers. You know, we don't have our act together. Why are you hiring some random Italian dude as your director of football? He he has the ability to. er, I think he's much more comfortable in a position where he can say no to us, and we're not just looking at guys like Power. We're looking at guys who might be able to say no to us.
1: I mean, I just don't. Again, do not think that Ten Hag is in a position to turn his nose up at Spurs. Like. It is as much a leap from Brighton to Spurs as it is from IX to Spurs. Like, the the shittiest Champions the League semifinalist, Brighton,
0: about Ob-
1: Albion. Yes, from a revenue standpoint, from a salary standpoint, like. I think from just a prestige
0: standpoint,
1: un- he, you're just he's going un- un- to get other offers. He's going to get other offers. From who? Oh,
0: Brian's muted. Brian's we did it. I'm muted. You're muted, Brian. You're still muted. Still <laughs> muted. Damn
2: it! <laughs> I don't even, my, joke was, my joke was so good. We'll never know. Uh,
1: yeah, you had a lot of hand gestures. This a very I did. Extreme.
2: There was like there was an up and down, and there was. Were you, you talking about parents' or, or were you talking
1: about uh, Ajax Yeah, so I mean, I think I don't think it's an issue in terms of actually attracting a manager. How messy we've been. The issue is that. We are clearly in a situation where the fans are unhappy with the club. We've done so much to piss them off. And I think this aggressive, like, press release kind of managerial search has been partially, at least, in an effort to appease the fans, to show them how serious we are about hiring somebody good. And it's been stupid that we've gotten so far out over our skis with so many guys now um, that have seemed like, oh, this is our guy. Oh, no, it's not. And... You know The the risk is that the more we keep doing this, the more unhappy the fans are going to be and the less likely they're going to be to warm up to somebody. Now, as we talked about before, winning cures all. As long as the manager ends up being good and we become good, it doesn't matter. But I'm tired of Spurs just being such an easy butt of every joke. You know, it's just... Like, that's the really terrible part of this. It's just like, we just look like a fucking clown club. And...
2: and then to I'm your t- point, the easiest way to get people back on side and to get fan goodwill was for this to have been like a quick and easy search. Like, look, we had two guys, we had, we identified Nogglesman and Ten Hog and Nogglesman took the Bayern job and so we hired Ten Hog and like like that's all this had to be. You know, it doesn't it,
1: but it doesn't even have to be quick.
2: It just has to be like, okay, let, let's say this. we keep
0: everything reasonably quiet. Like, there's a few press stories about Pochettino, but they're not major. There's one or two about Conte, but they're not major. If we kept this quiet and we hired someone, like, late this week, early next week, yeah, it doesn't look great in the press, but it doesn't look like a disaster. You know, it's, it's just like, okay, Spurs are taking their time. And I think there's an element at which, like, the fan reaction right now is a little overblown, and it's just feeding on sort of the bad shit that's happened the last few months. And winning and or time does, like, settle some of this. But I think Ben's right. Like, if we hire someone that's got, like, you know, if we hire, like, a Conte or Pochettino, obviously there's less sort of work to do in terms of winning over the fans. But if you hire a Potter or a Ten Hag, they are going to have work to do in terms of winning over the fans. So... It's not helpful. I don't think it's the end of the world, and I think it feels probably worse than it really is right now. But it sucks, and I'm tired of seeing us the butt of every jokes and The Guardian putting together a column about, you know... I mean, I, I think Jonathan Liu put out a column today about, like, how Levy's at the center of all of our sort of troubles, and I don't think that's wrong. But it's like, you know, you read the article and you think we've been, like, Everton or West Ham for the last two decades, and it just sort of ignores you know, all the good stuff we've done. And, it you know, because we've been a little bit of a train wreck or extremely much of a train wreck for the last two years, it just, it feels like we're that bad. Even though we probably, I think we're much, I think we're in, if we make a good managerial hire, I think we're in a much better state than most fans give us credit for in terms of roster.
1: Yeah, so I think this is a good segue to talk about Paratici. Because I think the levy problem is kind of a similar a similar conversation about how we ended up with a guy like Periti. Um, you know, I think one thing that the the Lou article really fails to grapple with is how much Levy actually did to turn us from mid table garbage team, frankly, into a, a team that regularly expects Champions League qualification and has competed for titles and competed for Champions League finals, et cetera, over the last few years. Um, Because that's an important part of the story. And I think if you're not contextualizing Levy's current failures within that framework, you're not really uh, getting at what the actual problem is now. Like, he's a very good businessman who did a a lot really, really right to leverage Spurs' position um, to create this, you know, big six from when I started following the team it was a big four and you know Man City makes an obvious big five but for Spurs to be included in a big anything is is a big deal and I think it's easy to overlook that because we've gotten very used to success but in the last few years as we've opened the new stadium it's it's been clear that Daniel Levy's ambition is to cement this club as an actual elite club competing with you know, the its peers on the top 10 rich list in the world, and every year it becomes more and more apparent that Dana Levy doesn't really know how to do that. Um, we don't have the kind of structures in place t- on the sporting side, everything is still in his hands to like wheel and deal, uh, a little bit. You know, he's in charge of commercial, he's in charge of football, he's in charge of everything. Um, and the, I'm sorry, the The Mourinho hire was, I think, pretty clearly a thing that he had in his brain about he is a legit big club manager and hiring a guy like Jose Mourinho is the one piece missing from making this team into a big club. And obviously that didn't work out. And I think what we see now with a guy like Peritici, who might be good, but... His resume, his career doesn't, and and his hire at Spurs does not speak to any kind of like holistic approach and understanding of like how to transition this wannabe big club into a big club. It looks like Daniel Levy saw, well, he was really good at Juventus and they're a big club. If we hire the guy who did things at Juventus, we could be a big club too. And now we're putting a lot of eggs in this basket. And once again, the process to get there doesn't look like it was created with any kind of holistic intent in mind, other than we need to be a big club, what do big clubs do? And that's kind of been the, underpinned a lot of our failures recently. Are we comfortable with this hire on his own merits, regardless of process? or are we concerned that this process has once again led us to a Jose Mourinho-esque hire well, I, who's I, trading on a reputation he maybe didn't earn? I'm
0: not sure. I mean, I don't think that if there's a problem with Peritici, I don't know if it's a Mourinho type, you know, where he's trading on something that he hasn't been good about at it in a few years. I think that's like it's sort of the flip side of the issue that we see in the managerial process. However, he was hired, it was kept very quiet. So when it came out, that we were hiring this guy, regardless of like when that decision was made or how long we were pursuing him, it came out with the Conte news. So it certainly looked like we were dealing with a package deal, especially because he and Conte worked together um, when they were at Juve. So on the one hand, there's that. On the other hand, I mean, we're talking about a guy who did, he did a good job as the number two at Sampdoria. He got them in the Champions League, which is no mean feat. You know, he did good work at Juve, but the thing is you look at him and putting aside how we got there, you know, Juve doesn't behave like Spurs. I don't expect him to behave like he did at Juve. I don't, I don't, I've seen a lot of fans, a lot of our friends talking about this. And I, I don't think, you know, if, if he's a failure, I don't think it's because he's going to overload our wage bill with free transfers and, you know, paying guys like Aaron Ramsey way too much money. I don't think if we fall down, that's not where I think it's going to be. So it makes him a little hard to judge because, like you're saying, Ben, it's like, okay, well, if he was a success, that we're hiring him. A lot of that success is a club that just doesn't operate in any way resembling the way we operate. And, again, before the Conte hiring process, I would have said, Levy has to be smart enough to understand that. Like, we are not going to be Juventus. Like, that is just, you know, between we don't have that much money and we are just not the sort of big fish in a small pond that Juve has always been. It's, so, you know, you look at, he could be a good hire. He could be the kind of guy who takes, like, a directorial vision and executes it. Cause I think there are a bunch of hires that are a bunch of decisions he made at Juve that, you know, one way or another, pretty clearly like a direct result of he is doing this for Juventus, you know, it's, these are things that Juventus is going to do because they're Juventus. And on the other hand, you know, he did, there's, there's some really smart stuff he did that I could see translating to Spurs. As, as an American, I think I'm going to um, focus on this a little bit, but signing Winston McKenney from, I, from, from Shalka. Is, was not a no-brainer, and I don't think it was a marketing decision because I don't think most Americans know who he is. I mean, American hardcore American soccer fans did, but he wasn't like a starter for the U.S. Men's National Team when he signed him. I mean, he was a guy without a position at Ajax. He was like a good athlete who looked kind of lost, and then he saw him Chalka. at Schalke. Sorry, and he saw him and realized that not only like if we can use him in a certain way, it'll be a lot better, but if we can use him at like Juventus, which operates at a pretty high level. Both. In Italy and the Champions League you know it's an impressive bit of scaling, I think and you know it could work but again the process is so opaque it doesn't make a lot of sense if we were bringing this guy in why wasn't he sort of a part of the managerial hiring process from the beginning or at least like you know over the last two weeks or whatever and maybe that just is a product of I think he left his job at Juve like last week so maybe it was just a product of contracts but it wasn't floating out in the ether in the way a lot of these things do um before that and maybe again maybe that just has something to do with this contract juventus i don't know but it's a very weird hire and i think i think this goes back to a point you made earlier about our managerial hunt ben is like because of how negative things have been at the club for the last like half year because of the way our managerial hiring process looks like a disaster it's just none of us are inclined to give spurs the benefit of the doubt and You know, we're all kind of looking at, like, why does it it make sense? What are the negatives here as opposed to, you know, this feeling like a coherent hiring process? Because we have heard some reporting about, oh, well, his networks might make it easier for us to buy and sell players. You know, he's got sort of scouting, you know, kind of like a better version of why we hired Baldini all those years ago. It could make a lot of sense, but from the outside looking in, it just appears to be part of this mess that we're in the middle of.
2: I mean i think the thing we as a positive that we can take away from this is that it does appear as though levy is at least willing to delegate some level of responsibility when it comes to the technical side of of football um and and now to the extent it means he's also delegating like transfer negotiations which he does seem to actually be very good at maybe that's not great but but like you said if it if it is you know uh, networks if it is scouting processes if it is anything like that um, then then it's great uh, but I, I don't know I mean some of the things we we hear about Paratici in the last few weeks have been you know he's maybe an analytics skeptic but then also maybe he was the second person in football to ever use analytics and you know or the first person or and you know like is he is he interested in buying old players on freeze in the way that Juventus kind of did? Um, at the, at, or, you know, does he only like to operate with two or three scouts and then depend on a network of agents in the way that Baldini sort of did? Like, it's unclear what we're getting. And I think, unlike managers, it is very difficult to evaluate people in these technical director director of football positions. I mean... You know, look at look at a guy like Manchi at, at Sevilla. And he went to Roma and basically largely failed. And then Not basically. Went back.
0: I, mean, I mean, we're talking about a guy who I think is inarguably the best director of football in the world. Considering what he does at Sevilla with the resources he has. And he goes to Roma and is just a total train wreck. And, yeah. and then know.
2: goes back to Sevilla and and look what they did yeah exactly they're great again so you know like uh you know so I, I think it's you know it's hard to evaluate those types of guys you know you you have guys like Manchi who like you said probably identified as one of if not the best you know director of football you know working in Europe right now you know Luis Ocampos who is at Lille and also did a good job at Monaco also seems to be kind of in that that bracket but like you know, is he signing the type of players that are helpful to a team like Spurs? Because he seems to you know, value young, undervalued players that he can develop and then sell on for big fees later. Like, is that something that Spurs want to be seen to do? I would argue that now, probably not. Um, you know, so, so I don't know how we even come to an evaluative position on what Paratici or any of these director of football guys do Until we actually see what happens. And I think that's the thing that I've taken away from our discussions in our writer's room over the last week is, you know, some people like, for example, Michael Cayley, who knows a little bit more about football than I do. Maybe not more than Ben, but more than me anyway. And he's like, I don't know. It could be good. Let's just see how it goes. And I was like, yeah, all right. Let's see what happens. Like, let's see what the summer brings us. Because honestly, we have no idea what he would do with. Tottenham's resources, with the needs of Tottenham squad, and, and with whatever restrictions or or limitations that a new manager would place on I mean If you look so. at
0: if if you look at Peretti, if you told me this is a manager who sort of works to the needs and demands of his club, this is um, and he can adjust based on their size and resources, I'd be like, okay, I could see that's plausible. If you told me. He is a guy who only is like knows how to work for big clubs and Levy made this hire because he was impressed by the name. I believe that too. It's it's like you said, Brian, it's very hard to judge from the outside. And given how opaque I think if I think we'd all feel a lot better about this if he had been linked to us for any amount of time or with any amount of strength before the Conte rumors came out. Because it seemed like I assumed it was a package deal, and this guy's here to facilitate Conte's sort of transfer work, which isn't like ideal. You want a director of football as sort of, I know we're talking about this from an American perspective where in all American sports, there's sort of a GM in these organizations and nine times out of 10 that, that guy sort of supersedes the manager in authority. And in theory, that's creating a sense of continuity. If you need to switch managers or you lose managers, that's not generally how it works in Europe with the exception of a few clubs like Sevilla, Dortmund, you know, I guess Juve for the last few years. Which is maybe a positive now that I'm talking about it, but it what it I'd have felt a lot better about this if it had seemed if there had been some sort of transparency in the process, or at least some indications that this was independent of Conte. But because of how the news came out, I think we're all just like I said before, we're all inclined to think the worst.
1: Right, I don't think we're wrong to feel that way. I mean. No, just it's, it's know, where like, our brains are going. a reasonable link. Like I know you made a joke about my Italian racism, but you know it's a reasonable connection to make when you hear both these names at the same time. That yes, like, yes, yes. They're friends. One is one is greasing the other. Whichever way it goes, I don't oh, know. Oh, oh, Ben.
0: Let's let's draw that Italian <laughs> racism down a little bit.
1: Uh, you know, I, I think I think there's a a lot of signings that Paratici oversaw at Juventus that were promising and very Spurs-like. I think, you know, the the signing a bunch of old guys on free transfers to high wages kind of cuts both ways. It's the thing it's the kind of thing that's like, yeah, it'll blow up your wage structure and it's a problem, but at the same time, getting a guy for free and paying them high wages is cheaper than getting a guy for a lot of money in a transfer fee and paying him normal wages. And You know, it's the kind of thing that doesn't really get done a lot um, in European football. Like, guys don't run their contracts down, and you don't see a lot of movement of of good talent on, on free transfers. And it seems like the kind of thing that's increasingly changing. And I think, if I'm spinning this positively, I think identifying the value in those kinds of transfers is a really good market efficiency that you'd want a director of football to spot. The other Flip side is is if you sign Aaron Ramsey to three hundred thousand dollars or three hundred thousand pounds a week, and Harry Kane's making half of that, you're going to have a problem, and we're not in a position to absorb that problem. Well, the other um, the other
0: problem with that is Juve is probably a lot easier between their money and their status. It's probably a lot easier to get away with that if you're Juve than if you're Tottenham.
1: Right, and the other thing about uh, Peritici is that he was number two to Babi Murata at Sampdoria, and for about half of his time at Juventus, and the kinds of transfers that we're bemoaning or concerned about are these transfers that mostly happened under his watch um, as the number one. And, you know, it, it's hard to look back at the Sampdoria time and say, oh, that's what we're going to get versus what we've seen at Juventus when he's been the guy. Um you know, it's like like Conte and Mourinho, where we know the constraints they're used to working under, and they're much less constraining than what Spurs have to offer. Um, yeah, I'm concerned that we don't have the right m- match between club and resources and director of football. And because the process of getting him feels so intertwined with the Conte hire, it makes everybody, I think, question: Did we actually? Do the work to find a director of football that fits our constraints as a football club? Or do we say, well, this guy ran Juventus and he did a good job at one of the biggest clubs in the world. He should do a good job at Spurs. Much like the Conte hire, where we spent a week talking to him and then found out somehow that he demanded more than we were able to give. Or are we going to be in the same situation? So, well, if there's, there's a career- lot of pros and in-
0: yeah, and we apparently tried to hire him four years ago, according to some rumors, or at least we had some serious conversations with him four years ago. So, I mean, that would be in the positive, and just in terms of like this wasn't some wild-eye flight of fancy where we just heard his name and decided to hire him. But, yeah, it's I think, but I think Brian nailed it. It's like, it's really inscrutable, and it's hard to tell what makes a director. It's, it's very hard to understand what makes a director of football work. And I think at a club like Juventus, it's even harder to sort of, separate him from sort of the club's demands. Like I don't think any of us are you know, would imagine that, you know, I mean this is an extreme example, but like I my guess is Ronaldo either wasn't his idea or was his idea because it's Juventus, not you know, the kind of thing we're going to see at Spurs. We're not going to try We're and make, signing
1: Ronaldo. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. So it's just it's very hard to understand what we're getting with him and you know, hopefully we're getting some good networks. Hopefully this guy's savvy enough to understand how to adjust but it's it, it, it just in the middle of this mess it feels very it feels like a head scratcher whereas if we'd lined up ten hog and then hired this guy it would you know i'm sure we would all be at least a little more positive if also slightly puzzled by it
2: well i think the confusing part of it is that you're now hearing that peritici is going to be involved in the selection of the next manager and and so I guess that made sense if the selection of the next manager was Conte or perhaps some another Italian that he was like he could only with. hire Italians is that what we're saying? No, but I, what I'm saying is is like is like if you're operating based on his expertise, uh, based on those uh, you know the Italian managers working in Syria or his experience working with any of them at any point during his career, then maybe his experience is instructive. But if he's coming in and we're still talking about the same list of guys we've been talking about since, I don't know, March, um, then what what are we doing? I I just don't – it doesn't make sense to me. This
0: goes to where I think Spurs are so frustrating these days beyond the obvious things. It's like we're apparently happy to talk to every reporter and his brother about how we might be hiring Antonio Conte. Maybe, Maybe I'm misreading between the lines, but it sure seems like we're happy to talk to reporters. You know, you would think they'd go to Gold or somebody and just have the conversation with, like, well, why why is uh, Paratici involved in this uh, hire? But he wasn't before. And if there's a simple answer, like, he was under contract at Juventus, we were planning on hiring him, now he's here, and we're going to involve him in the process. Like, that's a very easy thing to, like, brief Gold on. It's easier than telling them that we're excited about some... the players are excited about some manager until it turns out he's not coming and the players weren't excited about how much work they'd have to do. It's... (laughs) I mean, it's like Spurs, what Spurs choose to leave us in the dark about and what they choose not to leave us in the dark about is, again, extremely perplexing right now.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's just, like, not as sexy to, like, brief journalist about a director of football. Like, that doesn't get the clicks. But, uh, yeah. It does, it does all feel very weird, and again, the process just feels like a mess. And it's and who not, knows? Fun, it's we not a fun s- feeling.
0: We could just stumble into, like, a good hire, which we've done before. I mean, Harry Redknapp was not part of a smart process when we brought him in. You know, we could end up – Ten Hag could be a great manager. We could end up with Graham Potter. I I mean, you know, I think it would be really funny that a lot of the people who want Potter are very uh, down on this process, and it could get them what they want. But, you know, we need to hire someone soon, because all these clubs we want to hire a manager away from are going to – you know, they need to plan for next year, too, and – longer we wait, the harder
1: that's gonna be, so I mean I think there's just no better hire we can make at this point than Gasparini. A guy who plays attractive football, who's like the darling of of football hipsterdom, who has in spite of all of that, zero concrete markers of like real success, you know, he hasn't won anything, he falls short all the time. Like that is the that's the Spurs that I know and I'm comfortable with. I love to play attractive football and hey, they qualify for the Champions League a lot of the time. Like great. Get me back get me back on level footing. <laughs> I mean, he was David
0: Moyes in, in Italy, it it Italy. He was David Moyesini uh, until a few years ago. Like I, I just worry about Gasparini that there is something about the structure of Atalanta that's made him, you know, and I'm not I'm not trying to take anything away from what Gasparini's accomplished. I just think like he is thriving there in a way, like, like Manchi at Sevilla. Like he's just—it's going to be harder, hard for him to replicate that at another club. Is what would worry me about that hire. Um, you know, I guess ten—it's not like Ten Hag has been like doing this at a lot of different clubs, but. There's something specific about the way that his but he career...
1: But he's the prestigious Ajax Exactly. Manager. No, but he he's didn't take, like... He a ticket to anywhere in world football. Gasparini's just this,
0: like, old dude. Gasparini's just this old dude whose career took a weird jump a couple of years ago. And, I don't know, just, you know, it's like watching Roger Clemens get roided out for the Yankees to me. It's a little suspicious. We're not suspicious, but, you know, it makes you scratch your head a little bit if you think about him in
1: another club. Yeah. Gasparini's on creatine. Exactly. That's <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Thank you, Ben.
2: <laughs> I think the only concern you would have is that he's an older manager, and it seems like we've been, our remit has been looking for somebody a little younger. Um, but whatever. I, I'm with Ben. Like, we. Our games would be interesting again. I don't know that we'd necessarily be better, uh, you know, but we there'd be a lot of goals in them. At this point, there wouldn't be a lot of boring one nils. (laughs) At this point, I just don't want us to end up with Roberto Martinez. Like, I just like that that
0: terrifies me. Roberto Martinez, like, he that guy sucks. He is not a good
1: manager. I mean, the worst thing in the world is, you know, the Euros start in a week. Belgium has a very easy group. Martinez comes out hot and Belgium just like pantses a couple teams and Levy's like you know what this is my guy and uh, we we sign a deal with him to leave Belgium after the Euros and uh, I I I don't know I lose my mind I think we joked a few weeks ago about Atlanta United. we joked a few I'd weeks ago about
0: what manager would turn you into the Joker and I think Martinez would actually like, I would join like that, that would get me as bad as people who Right on bedsheets sheets outside of White Hart. Like, like I would be so mad if we hired Martinez as our next manager.
2: Yeah, we could hire a plane, like just a wheeler dealer radio plane to circle over the stadium. Martinez out banner I would rather
0: it. hire like just get just have like a Twitter account take polls on decisions. Like I would rather have that manage a team in reverse.
2: probably make that happen.
0: Like, should we do double training today? Yes, no. Like, I don't know. All right. Let Twitter decide.
2: Should we start Eric Lamella? Yes, no. Twitch manages
1: Tottenham Hotspur. We'll just
2: let Twitter run Tottenham Hotspur, and somehow we'll be Lazio in two years because it's the internet.
0: But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I don't know. When do you guys think this is going to be a result? When do you think either we're going to hire a manager or it's going to be like, I guess after Conte, I'm not going to assume it's done until it's done. But... Like, Pochettino, I feel like, Pochettino was, like, going to be our manager for, like, a week, I think, before we actually hired him, so...
1: You mean, like, two weeks ago? (laughs) No, I
0: meant, like, five years ago, or however long ago it was. I mean, yeah,
1: look, I'm not gonna make any predictions, because last time we did this, I was like, yeah, Pochettino's our manager, it's done, We, we, we knocked that out. And, uh, the universe was mistaken. I was right, but circumstances shifted. Hey, Brian, I, mean, I think Brian Emily. what's the what's
0: the dumbest name that we're going to see linked to us before now and I feel like there's more managers yet to be linked to us
2: I don't know I mean who'd be dumb I mean uh, I don't know like anybody at the Euros like Southgate Deschamps. Southgate I have a weird
0: feeling we're going to hire him because I feel like especially if he has a good Euro like Ben's nightmare scenario for Martinez but for Gareth Southgate is I think it, like that. That's a little more likely than I feel
2: comfortable with. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, am not, I'm not comfortable with with Southgate or, you know, Deschamps, who, who, probably will win the Euros with that France team. Um, I don't know. I think everybody's accepted that Yogi Low is not a good club manager, so there's no risk of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I who, who, who's the manager of it? Mancini. Now we're not gonna hire Mancini. Um or whoever's managing Spain right now. So I I guess as a Don that would be bad. Oof. Or Pirlo. I, I don't know. Now, like, Pirlo's ooh. nailed on.
0: We've we've hired we've hired Peratici who can only hire Italians. We're running yeah. the names are getting really low. So Yeah.
2: He's just gonna make a big pot of spaghetti and invite Pirlo <laughs> over. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're yeah, going to have some spicy... An offer he can't refuse. They're, they're going to have some spicy
0: meatballs and yeah. <laughs> decide on Indeed. a few future players. It's going
1: to be a pretty good...
0: <laughs> I mean, that's the really sad thing about Conte not coming to Spurs. Not how good we might have been under him, but just, like, all the Italian jokes. But I guess Paratici's here so we can make them about him instead, so...
2: But is it as fun to do it about your director of football now, as it is about not, the manager? Not unless,
0: not unless he, like, does some real high-profile shit one way or another. Well, I look forward to being back next week talking about the next, like, sordid turn in in the soap opera that is Tottenham Hotspur and, you know, finding out Daniel Levy said something
2: about, like, Meghan Markle's new kid or something like that. Uh, We should be so lucky. (laughs) They have something actually newsworthy to discuss as opposed to just conjecture.
0: I mean, I have seen few managerial things implode quite in in the way the Conte thing did, so at least that was new, right?
1: Not since Pochettino the week before. <laughs> yeah, but
0: like I said, like if the Pochetino, if the Conte thing had gone like Pochettino, I think we would all be much less angry. Um you know, like two or three press reports and then it just didn't come to anything. I don't know. This Alas, is all very dumb. It is extremely stupid. But we are doing a Tottenham Hotspur podcast. I don't know what you expected, Brian. I don't know. So, More yeah, excitement think... and danger. <laughs> I think we're getting both of those, actually.
1: Wrap this up. Title the podcast, we're hiring Roberto Martinez. We'll, like, make sure that doesn't happen. And then, uh... No, Ben, I think
0: to to, uh, seal that particular demon, we need to record an entire podcast about what we actually think about Roberto Martinez. And we have to call him Martinez the whole
2: time. Yeah, why is that the English pronunciation of Martinez? I don't know. It's like, Do they not David, actually... David Martinez. It's just very weird. It's one name I... that I know that you can, in fact, pronounce, Greg. Thank you, Brian. I
0: appreciate that. That and Jan Vertangen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, as, as you know, I am also a connoisseur of pronunciations. So.
0: <laughs> well, on that note, I think it's time to wrap it up. Ben, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter, Greg, at Comrade U Spurs. Is that Comrade with a Y? That's Comrade with a Y. Okay, Brian, where can people find you on the
2: internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brian underscore Ashlock. That is Ashlock with a K. <laughs> and
0: you can find me on Twitter at Skipjack0079. That's 0079 with a zero. For Ben, for Brian, I've been your host, Greg. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, and for Brett Rainbow, wouldn't want to leave him out. Almost, woo. The managerial search has got me so out of sorts. I almost forgot forgot Brett.
2: For Ben, I think that if we hire uh, Pochettino, we have to get Brett Rainbow to actually come talk to us. A well, good, good
0: thing for for Brett Rainbow that we're not going to hire Pochettino anytime soon. That's
2: true. Just good, like a good thing. Mourinho didn't win a trophy, and I didn't have to get a tattoo. So. <laughs> For Ben, for Brian, for Brett Rainbow, and of course for Tottenham Hotspur, I've been your
0: host, Greg. Come on, you Spurs.